0: our soul brought us here with a plan which includes our parents and these woundings when we're vulnerable and we quote and they're often carried over from past lifetimes for themes like well i want to you know address this theme about feeling abandoned feeling uh like a failure feeling undeserving etc and and diseases and injuries may come as part of it the learning Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma.
1: Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. This is your weekly episodic journey into your inner world so you can expand outwards in your expression. We're here today with the intention of pulling back the layers that are restricting your health, alignment, and love. And I have a powerful masculine energy to share with you. But before I get to him, just a few quick notes. As always, if you enjoy this episode today, make sure that you share this out to any friends, family members, people that you know that can get some value out of it how you can help expand this show, expand the reaches in which this episode goes out to the podcast world is remember to leave reviews on Apple and Spotify. And if you want some free self-love tools and to stay up to date with this podcast and how it's expanding every single week, remember you can go to harrisonma.com slash learn-more and download your free tools and podcast updates. But with that, I have a a beautiful man today on the show to dive deeply into all things soul. Uh, Philip Mountrose is a holistic coach. He's a spiritual teacher. He's a loving author. And today with his help, we're gonna go into all things soul talk. What is the soul? How it impacts our healing? What is the soul's journey? What are tools for soul connection? And so much more. With that, Philip, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna, my friend.
0: Great to be with you, Harrison. I've uh, been excited
1: for this conversation since we had our sort of pre-chat uh, conversation, sir. And because I think all things soul can be very ambiguous and abstract for a lot of people. And having the opportunity to have a dialogue with someone that has a lot of experiences, done a lot of work, self, and with others, it's very rare. So um, I'm very grateful for you, my friend. And I, I'm happy that you've popped into my world. I um, I want to start this conversation just quickly here because I think it's important to set context for new people tuning in. We'd love to know just a little bit about your journey, my friend. And specifically, I like to tune into the pain teacher. So in our life, we have teachers that come to us in many forms, but often they come in moments of pain to help us expand. So I'm wondering, Philip, in your journey, what was the sort of main pain teacher that showed up for you that led you to the work that you do now with the soul?
0: Hmm. Um, well, I'll point to two incidents. You know, I, I think we all have these uh, difficult experiences in life, often under trauma, just things that we can't really integrate. And the the good news is there's something we can use to awaken to our soul and to learn what we're here to learn. It kind of wakes us up while it shuts us down, at least hopefully temporarily. And one that I that really stands out for me, Harrison, is when I was in junior high, we went from a sort of insulated elementary school where I grew up to a more broader group of people in junior high where people are coming from different elementary schools and uh, and, you know, that was interesting. There's a lot of new people, new things. And suddenly I realized there were kind of people in groups, which I had never seen in elementary school, very rigid sort of in groups, adolescents, right? Uh, and at first it struck me as strange. And then it realized it was very artificial. And it was like, there was this very real division where things mm. were not, uh, it was kind of like the emperor's new clothes. And I, I still, that, that, that fairy tale still, kind of is very valid today what we're seeing going on in the world so going back to junior higher here, here just that set me sort of in a very uh kind of a negative tailspin and uh kind of became Philip, rather. I think
1: the key sorry to interrupt you but i think the key yes. word there is division right i think the yes <laughs> the division uh feeling i'm sure that you you're about to explain more about this but uh from a soul perspective, it's, it's very, that's very adversary, right? The sort of oh separation. This is something that I, you know, I'm not used to right
0: adversarial. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. And not having the experience or understanding at age 12, 13, what to do with it. I resorted to being rather uh, sarcastic and cynical, in fact, by the time I finished high school, I was voted the most sarcastic person in my high school. Not a not a, not a prize that, that I particularly uh, value, but it's interesting, you know. It's kind of like you 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 be the wounded healer. You you become what you need the most, you know. You have, I then eventually later on, I became a teacher of emotionally disturbed uh, teenage boys for nine years. You know, sort sort of kind of echoes things. It's 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 funny, Philip.
1: Like I could not agree more with the sort of it's kind of like a protection mechanism here but also there is a the soul is attracting what it needs for the path that it inevitably wants to walk down right? right so it's uh and i you know i share this because I, i'm probably going to get into this in a bit but i think it's very easy for us to see the distinction between the spiritual being and the human being and the the ego nature of being in a setting like the school ground the playground and all the separation of the things that occur, it's very easy for us to see this as two distinct parts of us and we could, we could push them to a corner. But we also need to remember that the soul expresses itself through the ego, right? The ego is an expression, is a lens in which it moves through. So it is still working in a way, even through this separation that's going on through the things that attracts for expansion. Does that, does that resonate at all with you, my friend, with your experience?
0: Yes, very much so. So so the ego, which is really kind of the left brain uh, unchecked, uh, you know, and, and at a certain point in spiritual development, it seems like the enemy, but it's absolutely necessary to understand that there are different groups and there's actually uh, uh, the uh, unity and diversity. There's a beauty in every person, uh, but when we use it the, for separation, uh, uh, then it's, it, it has, a, has problems with it, but that's how we learn and grow especially in the in the earth playground that we find ourselves Mm. in. And um, so then I figured, you know, I will try to do something in the world as I grew up, just kind of finishing up my story here briefly. Uh, Another point that will probably touch a few people is I went to film school. I said, well, what, what can I do? I'll become a film school. I'll use my creativity that way went to UCLA film school. And then I did, you do films in front of all your classmates, you know, you preview them. And the first film I did was pretty successful. People enjoyed it. It was kind of a light comedy. Uh, And the second one was, was terrible. It was just a bomb. It was the man who picked up all the garbage in the world. It was just, it was, I don't know what I was thinking, or where I was coming from, but it was kind of something that shattered part of my uh, kind of inflated sense of myself. And it was an interesting way to do it. It's kind of like, you know, bringing everyone who's around you who might have any influence and doing, you know, a belly flap when you thought it might be, do something. Well, I mean, it was like a real <laughs> cold water. It sent me kind of in a tailspin and a little bit of a depression and I can feel the eyes. I can feel like all the eyes. You can all feel the, that yeah. kind of yeah. crunching yeah. and crushing, especially as a young adult in the early twenties. And, um, but that sent me really into deeply into spiritual seeking, uh, and back you know pre-internet in those days and uh, where when I was growing up, then there wasn't as much available as there is now, like your wonderful podcasts and all kinds of things at people's uh, fingertips. So I traveled places, I studied Japanese tea ceremony, and went to the Naropa Buddhist Institute, and ch- and went you know everything it led to. Led yeah, you on and a beautiful it, it path. inspired me. Yeah, yeah, it did. Eventually, that, I thought, go ahead.
1: Well, sorry to interrupt you, Philip. But that's like I, I'm happy that you're sharing this. And it doesn't surprise me based off the, <laughs> the book that you have and the work that you do, right? That that this happened. And I I, I see this a lot. I see this a lot. I seen it in my journey. I see it in people that come to see me. That, and this is one of the intentions of doing this show with you today around this topic is our relationship with our soul and our relationship with a spiritual awakening more specifically i've noticed this theme of a deep a moment of deep crisis a moment of where we hit a wall something very difficult goes on and then the only way to take a step forward is to spend more time going inwards. And if if that means going inwards with the help of different perspectives, right. Travelling to see different masters, you know, incorporating different practices, you know, going to different countries, different perspectives. But the theme here that I think unites everyone is that it's kind of like the dark night of the soul that causes us to seek something deeper that we haven't seen before. And I think, I think that is a theme that is consistent with a lot of people. Do you do you agree with that?
0: Mr. Oh Bill? yes. Uh yes. Absolutely. Uh we sometimes need these things. I there's that TS Eliot quote, you, you you end up where you started, but kind of a wiser person. Uh mm, I love. You it. know, it there's that uh there's one one here. What we call the beginning is often the end, and to make an end is to make a beginning. The end is where we start from, and Ooh. we sort of we we go through this journey of getting to where we started, but at a much deeper level, with a lot of lo- lot more love and healing, and growth, and creativity in the process.
1: Mm. That's it. That, it's a beautiful quote, my friend, and it's a beautiful image. I think the a lot more love we could. Uh, we could underscore that piece of it. We put a, put a few extra underscores under the a lot more love. I have noticed that, and again, I think we're going to get into this, but the soul's journey is really one of love, right? It's really one of it an awakening. Is. It,
0: it is very much one of love and going through the veil of tears, as it's sometimes said, to find the love in our hearts and open it up and living in a more heart-centered world, which the world badly needs, uh, and such as the circumstances we find ourselves in all of us,
1: Uh, especially from a, uh, we look at the last two years of events, but um, Philip, thank you for that foundation. Thank you for sharing a bit of your story with me and with everyone listening with that. Now, I want to get into the, the, to the juiciness, the extra juiciness, the extra sort of deep dives here within a topic we're going to hit on. And uh, I understand just for people listening, you know, this topic around the soul and the soul's journey and all the elements we're going to try and move through today, it's, a, it's not something that we can have finalized in a one-hour podcast conversation. But the intention today is to sort of begin this chat and hit on some deeper spaces within yourself, the listener, that maybe you haven't hit on before. So with that, Philip, let's start semi-basic here, and maybe you could give us a definition in your opinion. How do you define the word soul?
0: Yes, it's interesting that that we a, a definition is is really a good question because I find it interesting it's something so is essential, sort of directing our lives, what we're here on Earth to do. We almost need a de- definition and to define it and even discover what it is. And it's it's kind of like it's there all the time, uh, you know. Where you know, how do I get back to Kansas? You can get back there anytime you want, you know. It's uh, so. The soul is the part of us which helps us, uh, which is more directly connected with with God or oneness. So it's the piece of e- eternity that we are, that we've individuated at, and in, the higher up you go, at we all merge into oneness. So this spark, this aspect of the spiritual, the eternal, our soul, part of its journey through many lifetimes is to incarnate, kind of send out a a scout, an arm, uh, an exploration for itself, in this case on Earth, the idea of uh, uh, a spiritual being having a human experience for particular purposes. That's called sometimes the soul's plan. What's the soul's plan? Well, as you awaken, it becomes your life purpose. The dots begin to connect. How do you know they connect? Because you feel them and you're inspired by it. And you have that intimate and develop, developing connection to your soulful awareness.
1: Well done, Philip. I must say, well done. That was a very, very succinct. And I was just closing my eyes as you were sharing that. A very that resonated very deeply with what you described. And I uh, I see this challenge a lot within this kind of work there are so many abstract and esoteric understandings of just that one word. Right. And like you said, we live in a very mental world at the moment and you know, that is both good and bad, but from a, from a sort of uh, positive perspective, because we live in a very mental world, we need some sort of foundational structure of a definition to sometimes make us feel safe to go in. And uh, what you just described definitely did that. So thank you, my friend. I, uh, what I'll add to it, and then we'll jump to another question I want to ask you here is I would also add the interconnected nature that we all all have around it. So my soul expression and the journey that my soul is on, while it is unique to me, the connection to others is also there, right? I am a unique expression of a oneness, a God, like you said, or a source, a divine, whatever your name is for it, Mm -hmm. but so is everyone else. Right? right. And, and I, I share this because I think, I, and I want to get your opinion on this. Actually, my friend, uh, I shared this because I, I hear a word that goes around the spiritual community a lot, this word of Ascension. And I think Ascension is part of the soul's journey, but we, we can sometimes get stuck in the idea that Ascension is just a me thing, or it's just a Philip thing. But what we tend to forget is we're all connected to the oneness. So I cannot ascend unless Philip Ascend, so it's a unity element rather than an individual element. Do, do you? What are your thoughts on that, my friend?
0: Right. Uh, th- that's yes. There is a lot of topic of that word ascension. It is thrown about sometimes kind of loosely and and kind of like angels. You know, there's many different interpretations and descriptions and experiences. Uh, we need the individual growth, and we need the collective growth. So we're individualized souls uh, collectively affecting everything. When people awaken or having these transcendent experiences, maybe now you feel like you are everything and connected with everything. You can almost see, you know, different people as being aspects of yourself, you know, mm. of the universe, you know, from from uh, the worst to the best. Just different elements of you, so that can bring out a lot of compassion. It still, it doesn't mean that you don't stand up for justice. And the and the, and the soul is very good for compassion, uh, and courage, and helping the world become quote a better place. Uh, but yes, you you can't. It's not just a purely individualistic. I'm ascending, and now I'm above it all. <laughs> So both are true. Both are true is what I would say. It's not an either or. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like that a lot, Philip. And uh, yeah, I would say it's not a, it's not an or question. It's an and question. Yes. Uh, Philip, I want to go back to one of the words you said, to one of the things you were just talking about previously, the soul's journey. And uh, I want to break this down a little bit more. And I think you referred to the soul's journey and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, as the the soul's journey through their lifetime to their individual lifetime and the passions and the purposes they run into. But I, I kind of want to go a bit deeper than that. <laughs> I want to go a bit deeper. And I want to get your perspective on something. I... When I think of the soul's journey, so just to give a bit of um, context here, you don't know this, my friend, but I've shared this on the podcast before. I uh, am actually in the middle of a mystery school myself. I'm, I'm moving through a mystery school, and uh, it's for my own exploration, my own inner spiritual expansion. And uh, one of the sort of lessons and the things that we're learning currently is is the soul's journey but the soul's journey specifically from the source from from the divine from the oneness and what that looks like as the as the microcosm expands out from the macrocosm and how i'm sort of learning about the soul's journey is that there is a a divine source that then spreads out into a monadic Group And then a monadic group spreads out into mm-hmm. an over-soul group or a or bigger soul group. And then each soul group has a has soul expressions, which you were just speaking about, individual soul expressions. And that is the soul's journey, right? It spreads the 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 God or divine breathes out, making all those mm-hmm. soul expressions. And then God or, or divine breathes in, coming through all those different layers. So I'm wondering... What are your thoughts on this, my friend? And do you see connections in your understandings or is it, do you see it a little bit differently?
0: Um, I, I'd say that that sounds pretty accurate. Uh, and I was referring a little bit to that. The idea that if you go the terminology, we we when I say we, by the way, I mean, Jane Mountrose, my wife and partner. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> some people know what I'm referring to. Uh, we we use the term higher self. As a distinction from soul, just as a more collective you, and the higher you go, the more you aggregate to you become oneness, so there does seem to be sort of a hierarchical way of understanding it um so if you go to the source, everything is one, and then it separates into the you know millions of beings and parts and expressions
1: yeah, and uh, I think the the big message that I get from that is. Again, not just the unity and the interconnectedness of everything in the universe, but um, big groups and collectives, and the and maybe you've experienced this, my friend, with maybe entities that you've connected to, loving entities. The mm-hmm. higher you go up in this hierarchy, the more pe- the more they work in groups, right? So if you right. get a, a download from an angel or a ancestor right. or a or a ascended master, right, they're usually not just showing up as one. Energy. They're usually showing up as a collective. It could be a
0: collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we teach uh, the Michael teachings, which is a collective of be higher beings. Uh, uh, they're sort of a they're a little bit like the Enneagram. That's something in my journey. I didn't say that I studied Gurdjieff and Ospensky, uh, esoteric teachers in the 1900s. That's where I met my wife in a group. And part of what they did studied there. We studied there was sort of a version of the Enneagram, which we. Followed up more into the Michael teachings. And that's a collective of higher beings who've sort of channeled information. You know, I think from the from our world, since we're so individualized and so with such a strong veil here on earth, it's hard to, to think of like maybe hundreds or thousands or who knows how many beings collectively uniting to share information and love. It's, it's it's almost a little foreign to us because it's we're in <laughs> yeah. such a fragmented divisive adversarial world but it does i think that is correct what you're saying it does become more of a and so maybe we are an expression uh and then and, and that seems to be of this higher being that we are part of if you keep going up the uh, the chain or the the scale
1: <clears throat> yeah uh, i it's a it's a beautiful affirmation to me i i uh when, in, the, in the small amount of experiences I've had thus far of it, it's it's a realization that one, we're not only are we not alone, but two, we never have to do things by ourselves, right? There is, we, we do get to a point where group consciousness is not just a theoretical thing, it's a thing that we can embody and be and help others through. Um, Philip, let's keep it moving here. And another topic and question I want to throw at you is and get your loving opinion on is from a soul lens i think we also must consider this concept of the shadow and what the shadow is and uh, just to give a bit of extra context here people listening might have heard me refer to this as you know trauma that we've been through if if you heard me speak about inner child work before these are things that we've repressed and things we haven't healed yet that deserve to be brought into the light to be integrated. So in regards to the soul, my friend and, and healing specifically with the soul, what are your thoughts on where the shadow plays a role in the soul's journey and doing shadow work and things like this? What are you, what's, what comes up around this?
0: Well, that's a big part of my journey, Uh, just to sort of continue with my story that fits into your question. In the Gurdjieff-Espensky group, Harrison, uh, one of the tenets was to not express negative emotions. And now from a deeper scale years later, I kind of understand the essence of it. But what it turned out in the practice was very inhibited in this group, uh, very repressive because there wasn't a way of dealing with it. And Mm. it was the other part was being very conscious. And it was called remembering yourself, which is another term for awakening. Um, But if you're remembering yourself, but you can't express all these feelings that are in your body and these traumas, people became very uh, uh, explosive (laughs) and acting out, you know, uh, because it was so inhibiting. So that after we left this group, my, I was then married to my wife Jane Mountrose. By then, we started looking for actually healing because we realized part of awakening—you you just don't bring in the light. In fact, the more light you bring in, it it shows the shadows. Even though you'll—it's uh, interesting—you'll meet people and say, "I don't have any inner child issues." And a lot of times, even you know, we probably at points realize that until you awaken to a certain point, you don't think there is problems because you've dealt with it, you've denied it, you stuffed it down, you've ignored it, even though your life isn't working in certain areas, blind spots, i.e. blind spots, shadows, uh, until a certain point in your awakening, it becomes intolerable that things just aren't working. You know, like one episode, you know, like the belly flop and doing the film film uh, preview debut I told you about things certain happen and you can't ignore it anymore. So we, Went on this intense uh, search for healing and that led us to hypnotherapy and then uh later on holistic eft we, ver- we were early adopters of emotional freedom technique tapping and developed our own version and wrote books on that early on then spiritual kinesiology which is a healing using that energy of the soul for healing so all of that was a very big part of our awakening and our coaching work that we started writing books, including the new book, The Loving Power of Your Soul, and doing trainings and helping people individually with the shadow work as a key element.
1: So uh, those two powerful tools that you just highlighted, both the hypnotherapy and the EFT, just for people listening, if you're looking to get started with shadow work, that's a really good place to begin, right? The hypnotherapy specifically, Uh, I had some experience myself, I know a lot of practitioners and, you know, the point of that you made about the more enlightened quote unquote, we become, the more the shadows expose themselves, or I think more a correctly way of saying it is they start to feel safe to come up into your awareness so they can be integrated, right? There's, we need to remember our power of choice here, right? And whether it's unconscious or conscious, there is a part of us that's pushing those shadows away, right? That's that's saying, oh, you don't deserve, you know, I, I judge you or whatever the thing is. And when we start bringing more compassion, more light, more love, more healing into our world, there are going to be some parts that have been long lost or that you've pushed so much resistance against for such a long time that now have the opportunity to broaden the light. And whether it be through, I think, and going back to EFT, using those meridian lines and power of intention and, and repetition that can be what is needed to sort of burst the bubble in a lot of ways to allow the right. pressure to the surface.
0: That, Does that n- resonate? N- nicely said. I remember when I studied uh holistic, well, we developed it into holistic hypnotherapy, but the basic hypnotherapy, one of the things that we learned when you, as you go through your life, you learn certain things and they're interesting Whenever, and then sometimes you go back and say, well, this is one of the most important things I ever learned, you know, and you, and, you know, it was interesting and good when you learn, and you go back and go, wow, this is incredible. And here's what I'm going to refer to, which I think was one of the more powerful things I've learned in my life. How do you change? How do you change your mind? Uh, and the idea was, well, people change conventionally. People are, their mind is is made up uh, sometimes just by these traumas and reactions and being set by them, but often by our parents, authority figures, uh, right, mm-hmm. governments, teachers, uh, and and repetition, right? Commercials. Mm-hmm. I can remember commercials when I was growing up. They used to advertise cigarettes on TV. There was a jingle that said, "Winston tastes good like a cigarette should," and then you know you had was, it, I mean, and now they're current things, you know, uh, only pay for what you need i think i saw that commercial a few times you know there's like these little jingles that go on that's how they they spend so that's how you change
1: it's called television for a reason right (laughs) tell a vision right
0: yeah television or tele recording yeah or uh, uh a loop and and then um the other way people can change and that's why just you know just telling people you know like i have this bad habit or you know this isn't good or i should change it doesn't work cuz you have these deep programmings um and that's why an affirmation doesn't work unless you say it enough and you believe it enough you really integrate it in EFT which is where I'm going and hitting the therapy changes the unconscious mind the programmings so, so if you go deep enough and, and change the wiring it's kind of like in your computer you know if you have a startup menu and you don't change it it's going to start up the same way every way I wish it wouldn't start up this way yep. well until you change the the patterns it's always going to be the same, but you can change it. And this is why hypnotherapy EFT tapping in the spiritual kinesiology is so powerful for making profound life changes.
1: I love it, Philip. And uh, these tools that you have, I really want to encourage people to explore them, whether it is with Philip, whether it is with someone that you have access to this rewriting. I just had a, episode recorded episode yesterday with a powerful um, mind hacker. She, she goes by the name of Dawn and uh, she, she uh, uses the, she talks about the, I think it's the Aristotle quote of show me, show me, I'm going to butcher it, but show me a man, uh, show me the child from zero to seven and I'll show you the man. Right. And it's just along the lines of that zero to seven age frame in which we are most programmable by all those things that Philip was just mentioning. Very vulnerable. uh, but we need to realize that just like we have creation energy inside of us to keep those programs running, we have the same, if not more, creation energy to rewrite those beliefs and program something new that's more expansive.
0: We do. And, and, and what we're talking about is sort of the strategies and tactics and how to do it. And going back a moment, though, to the big picture, Harrison, our soul brought us here with a plan which includes an, our parents and these woundings when we're vulnerable and we quote and they're often carried over from past lifetimes for themes like well i want to you know address this theme about feeling abandoned feeling uh like a failure feeling undeserving etc and and diseases and injuries may come as part of it the learning um so it, it we're all in this vulnerable place yeah sorry to interrupt
1: you but this is so important i'm so happy you're bringing this up because this is and this now what this does is it shifts us out of the victim mindset right that that i i'm in this family that's creating these belief systems that's giving me this trauma so life is happening to me and there's there's nothing else going on here but that's not what you just said what you just said is that due to the incarnation, the soul families, the soul wounds, I would even say, I would take it further, have a conversation around the life between lives, how we sort of do mm-hmm. a pre-planning in between incarnations. Now, what we can see as you're beautifully highlighting is that these traumas, these belief systems, the family that we're set up with is determined, right? And ask yourself the question, why is it determined? And that goes back to what you were talking before about the soul's journey. Right. And expanding
0: and and just to be maybe a little more fluid, too, is because I don't want people to think that their destiny is fixed and they're sort of set into something. It's very fluid. And there's a lot of different ways to fulfill your purpose, which has to do with expressing your talents and gifts and and healing. There are many different ways to heal. For example, there's not just one way to heal or express your gifts or creativity, but there is sort of a parameter. Uh, things within, you know, I'm good at coaching and healing and writing and doing videos. I'm not, you know, good at engineering uh, or uh, working with environmental issues and things like that. I mean, those are just, I, I'm, I'm, they're important and I'm glad people are good at it, but you want to kind of stay with what you're good at, not yeah. by a limitation, but be, it's more in alignment with you on a deeper level.
1: Yeah. And, what I'm hearing from you, Philip, is the, the, the powerful, mystical, universal law of free will, right? There are these, I think there are these soul expressions, soul pulls and intuitive hits moving through us that we can decide to lean into that ultimately will be the best option for our soul's expression but at the same time we also have free will and we can deny that we can say no and i think that's also where the idea of incarnations come in right if we don't learn a particular thing or we don't lean into a lesson that we deserve to move through then it's the universe god consciousness is unconditional love so there's no judgment meaning that it'll come back around Right, It'll, it might come back around in that same lifetime, or it might come back around in the next lifetime to be moved through. Do you resonate with that, So
0: Oh yeah, there's no. It's not a pass fail. There's a life review. My my idea is why don't you do it before you die, or you know, <laughs> why not? Why not get as much as you can do on your review before, uh, by default. So, yes, you know, I'm here to, you know, I'm here to learn and grow. And, and uh, if I like the Michael teaching said that, Hey, you know, what happens if you don't really accomplish much? Well, you know, that's okay. You can pick it up next lifetime, or maybe it's a lifetime more of experience or just kind of checking things out. Maybe you even wanted a lifetime of very little progress.
1: Yeah. Love it. I think that that's a huge message that I really want people to hear. You, you know, you take all these layers away. What is that source, right? God, divine, uh, you know you uh whatever your name is for it right Allah whatever your name is for it what what is that source made of for me it's unconditional love so what it means what that means and applied to this what we're talking about is that lack of judgment I, it's god says yes right divine says yes if you go through the life and tick all the boxes yes if you go through the life and make all the wrong choices god says yes right that you're you're all good <laughs> mm-hmm
0: Right, and uh, and it reminds me of, you know, how do you, just to bring this down to earth, shall we say, how do you bring it into the current uh, divisions that are so rampant today, uh, you know, and the mental health problems and the divisions between races and groups and kind of like my junior high school uh, situation gone wild on steroids of division. Um, so my current thinking, feeling, Harrison, is just to bring more and more of your light into the moments of the day of everything you do and just shine that. So making the world a little more heavenly, brighter, lighter, more loving place, doing what you can with what you have.
1: It's a beautiful image, sir. And I think that flows into the next question I want to ask you, actually, is if you read my heart, I... Again, with the same intention that you just outlined of making this even more practical here today, because that is really the intention of this soul chat. Even though, we'll, as you've heard, we are going, <laughs> we are going to the the depths and the and the highs of this. <laughs> I I I, I want to you know sprinkle in some practicality here, and I think something that I, I know you can speak to, my friend, imagery, right? Imagery around the soul is, I know for me, it's been very important. And connecting into the visualization of what the soul expresses, expresses and doesn't express. So I'm wondering, what is your opinion on how does imagery relate to this soul conversation? How can we use imagery to one connect to the soul, but most importantly, use it to connect to the soul for healing and growth? What comes up around this?
0: Great question. Thanks. I really have been enjoying this interview. By the way, Harrison, you're doing great. Me too, my friend. <laughs> so i'm going to give an example and maybe we'll go on a little journey together you and me and the and the listeners uh here and, and i'll set it up on what we're going to do so imagery the the soul seems to speak in in images very easily and fluidly and quickly uh and symbols not exclusively um and we've we found that earlier on and and a lot of the uh the methods for healing that we developed through uh Holistic EFT, what we and are getting through techniques are based on images, seeing your, your issue or shadow as an image and, and how it changes. Like a lot of times people see it like a desert when they're feeling fearful or doubtful, they're seeing sort of a desert where nothing is growing. And when they heal, then they see a lush garden, for example, those kind of common. So there is that going on, on an unconscious deep level through sort of the third eye, sixth chakra. Uh, and so one of the ways of connecting with your soul, which this little journey I want to maybe take us on here, is what we call the mud to the mountaintop or apex process, one of the ways to connect directly with the soul and, and to do healing. We, we write about it in the new book, The Loving Power of Your Soul. Um, do you want to go on a little journey together here?
1: Yeah, so this is actually one of my questions I want to ask you, sir. So yeah, let's let's do this and let me maybe... Let's maybe set this up. Uh, If you're driving, obviously, don't don't do this. But if you uh, are listening to this and you have the opportunity to sit down, relax, you know, I know a lot of my listeners are multitaskers. So if you're listening to this and you're doing other things, maybe just pause that for a second, sit down on a chair, sit down and relax, close your eyes. And uh, let's say we let's see where Philip can take us. So yeah, go for it. Yeah,
0: yeah, simple. It's profound. It's pretty easy to do this. We start off, and we can start off with. And if you want to identify, like maybe a little annoyance or a little area of, difficulty, do you want to mention something that's a little troublesome? We can kind of do a little.
1: Yeah. So do you want? Do you mean like a trigger that I'm going through at the moment? Yeah, like maybe a, a little
0: something. Aspect? Yeah. Uh, you know, just an example. I mean, just briefly, just something to kind of reference.
1: Yeah. So let's maybe go on. So for me, I was just having a chat with someone about um, time management and the balance between doing, always doing things, and not doing. So that's a trigger and a, a thing that's moving through me at the moment. Doing and do, uh, it, I,
0: I, doing or not doing something?
1: Yeah, doing between doing too much and not doing enough.
0: With a, with this other person.
1: Well, let's say within work, prof, work, professional life.
0: Okay, so amount, uh, you mean, so you're, and what's the feeling associated with this, doing that, doing?
1: Uh, I would say worry, concern.
0: And you're worried about?
1: Worried about, you know, walking that balance, right, of, 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 of again, of doing too much or not doing enough. Right? So
0: kind of not sure what, what what's the right action. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, that probably is good enough to. So, that's what we call when this mud to mountaintop or apex process, that might be where we feel like down in the mud. I'm just thinking of a situation where I was maybe a very working with a lady, and the lady I may not be working with and having some concerns or, or, or um, regrets about it and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, a variation on maybe what you said. Okay, so when you imagine that, and if you want, you can, you can imagine that being like, in Maybe in the mud when you're having that doubt, worry about the right action to take. Mm-hmm. And you may get kind of a picture of it or a sense of it. Mm-hmm. What's it like for you, Harrison?
1: So when I'm down in that mud between those two states, <clears throat> uh, there is a feeling of confusion.
0: Yes. So you feel confused. Okay. Yeah. So you're getting a feeling, any images or sounds or sense anything else, any other description of it?
1: I would say uh, there's a, there's a sort of, um, I don't know how to explain. It. There's a, a, it's a frantic nature of sort of like looking around, not knowing what to do. So not just the confusion, but sort of very frantic. You're,
0: lo- you're looking around frantically. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Are, are you in, in mud or do you have a sense of that? Oh, yeah, a, I, see, sort of, I see the mud. <laughs> you're in the mud, okay. So we're going to shift, all of us, you, me, and, and everyone listening. And now just kind of lightening up a little bit, relaxing a little more, right? Mm-hmm. As you relax more, everyone, you can breathe and just allow yourself to lift up, becoming lighter and more at ease. And as you breathe, you're going to another place, scenery, Energy spot. You're just rising up and up, ascending, going higher easily, effortlessly, finding yourself atop a beautiful mountain, a beautiful lofty perch, whatever feels right for you, where the air is fresh and there's a 360 degree panoramic view. You can connect and see everything. It all kind of makes sense, aligned. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's that like for you, Harrison?
1: I feel it feels welcoming. It yes. feels, I feel like there's release, right? There's, there's a, a feeling of I'm able to let go a little bit mm-hmm. easier. Yes. Uh, I feel expansion. So I'm, so I'm sort of imagining, yeah, very, very, very um, a tip of a mountain. I'm right on the top and there's, there's just all oh, there is is space. It's mm-hmm. just space around me.
0: Mm-hmm. What's that space like?
1: Uh, <laughs> it feels it's full of potential. It's full of yes. opportunity. It's full of uh, choices that I, and I feel like choices that I could make, but I also yes. don't have to.
0: So yeah, you have the potential. So yes. from this beautiful place of potential space, yeah. letting go atop mm. that, that perch, right? Mm -hmm. But would you like to send all that energy back to your former self back in the mud, in the worrisome mud? Yes. So just send that back to your, your previous self with all the wonderful space and potential and opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. Very welcoming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now what are you noticing?
1: So uh, I noticed, so went back down to that. Mud uh, perspective and the first thing I noticed was the mud changed consistency and color. Yes. So the, it's kind of like a, the, the darkness, like the chocolate darkness of the, of the mud shifted to a, almost a clear, a clear same as the sky that I was seeing up on the wow. mountain top. It shifted to a, almost like a reflection of the sky.
0: Yes. How does that feel?
1: It feels like I can move.
0: You can move a lot more easily, right? Yes. Yes. Is it easy to be resilient and adaptable and make good decisions from that place? Uh, yeah,
1: adaptable rang true. Yeah.
0: Be con- be confident yeah. that you can make the right choice.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And know that you can come back to this place uh, atop at the, the mountain to help you soulfully connect with everything and everyone, and everything you need with the pure potential the spaciousness and expansion mm. that's right for you and for everyone listening. Good. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes, feel refreshed, relaxed, having come apex mud to mountaintop with that wonderful expansion and potential here now.
1: Thank you, my friend. So just to be transparent with everyone, we we talked about this, practice a little bit in our pre-call but we didn't go into it and uh that was beautiful it was very it was very simple but it, uh, you know I, as i was going through those images and, and to be fair just so everyone realizes you know i, I do this kind of work as well so I'm, I'm quite familiar and used to like getting into imagery work yes however you know it's one thing to do it by yourself it's another thing to do it you know, while you're recording with someone new that you don't <laughs> right. know and right <laughs> yeah. and in the moment. But despite all of that, it was still very easy to do. It was still very, I found it very um, expansive. I did see the distinction between the two states and what I would add to it, Philip, if I may, just for people listening, please do not overestimate the the power in what the visualization as a tool can help you discover right i i i say this from a perspective of someone who does a lot of work with dreams at night and i feel in this mental world that we live in we we tend to put a lot less value on what goes on in here and the visualizations the images versus what goes on in the quote-unquote waking reality of the conscious waking state and why i'm emphasizing this is that the more and more that i go into this quote unquote not real reality the more i've realized that it is very real and not only is it real it has just as much if not more value than the waking state so i say all of that just to promote philip's beautiful mud to mountain technique and if you're listening to this you know i think a lot of people listening are looking for coming back all the way back to healing now people are looking for the next thing they need to do on their healing journey. And I just want to affirm that this may be it, right? This may be it for you. So thank you, Philip, for sharing that.
0: It's an easy process. The mud mountaintop, it's very simple, natural, organic. And and yeah, as you said, don't underestimate the value of imagery. It's very, it's subtle, but profound.
1: Yeah. And I had a, um, I'd recommend people go listen to another podcast I released at the time of this recording should be out with uh, Andrea Andrea Petrus, and we talked about heart imagery, and it's very similar to what uh, what Philip is describing here. So, yeah. Anyway, Philip, thank you for sharing that. I, w- I want to hit on a couple more questions here before we finish. and yes. And I actually want to go back to something you talked about before. We hit on briefly a couple times, and I want to hone in on it now. And around this connection to the soul, this connection to the healing paradigms through the soul connection i think a very important topic that a lot of people overlook is the connection we have to entities specifically loving entities when we do this kind of soul work right and when i refer to soul uh, loving entities i mean things entities such as angels such as spirit guides such as ancestors such as you know ascended masters so i'm wondering philip you know, where do you think this factors in within the healing journey and relationship to the soul in your experience?
0: Well, interestingly enough, we just uh, finished my wife and I a a new course called Abundant Living with Angels, Oracles and EFT, Mm -hmm. spiritual healing. Love it. So we've been kind of studying that pretty intensively uh, in recent months. Uh, So when you add, uh, it's interesting, we, we have friends and family and people we're close to. But once you go to those realms, they're all wonderful, loving beings of immense uh, energy and generosity and willingness. If you ask, you must ask for them to help you. And and now that I feel more supported by angelic support, uh, it just makes me feel more on track, more loving, more confident, more knowing I'm in the right place in my soul's uh, journey and following my soul's plan. So it's like tremendous resources, tremendous help
1: the key, the key in what you just said, sir, is if you ask. And I I think this is a, uh, a an outlet, an offset of uh, Hollywood. Our relationship with entities must be one of, you know, I think there's fear, a lot of fear around, you know, evil entities coming in and possessing us and all these things. And in my experience, it sounds like you agree with it, sir that could not be further from the truth and much like free will exists in our experience it also exists within the relationship we have with these kinds of entities right and in my in my perspective those loving entities are never not there but what changes is our receptivity and our power of choice to lean into it to ask to to bring it in and if we decide to bring it in it's exactly what you're saying it's it's one of support it's one of unconditional love it's one of illumination in many ways
0: mm-hmm. yes yeah, so it's a little more in the background it's a little our soul's relationship with our soul and becoming more consciously connected listening to it inviting it and in it's a little similar but that is more directly we're sort of an offshoot of our soul and we do have spirit guides and angels that are part of the arrangement but but to be more conscious of them we want to to ask for that and and also if you ask you can get more help too yeah
1: Philip, a question that bubbles up right now to ask you is: Do you, going back to what we were saying before about the group consciousness and the and the the soul expressions and the different uh, collectives that work together? Do you? This is something I am yet to sort of answer for myself, which is why I want to get your opinion. Do you think angels that come in for us, or ancestors, or you know other kinds of loving entities? Do you think they're a part of our soul family? Do you think they're a part of our soul group? What's your feeling around that?
0: Uh, well, I don't really have a lot of definitive or, what, or, you know, of, of experience or thinking through that. But clearly we are connected with different beings, just certain things resonate with us. So certain mm. beings resonate with us. Uh, so, yes, and, and there are such things as spirit guides where we have more affinities to mm. certain beings
1: yeah it's a uh, (laughs) it's a it's something that when we get into these deep dives there's no there's no books there's no things that we can read there's no there's no i mean there are texts right you could talk about you could talk about biblical texts but uh (laughs) these things start to become more of a oh i need to test this out myself to see what this is rather than i'm going to go to this person and ask because we we tend to run up against some walls uh philip I really enjoyed this conversation, my friend. I, uh, you know, When we first connected, I felt your heart. I felt your your energy. But as hopefully everyone else was able to experience, you are a deep, expansive, loving man. And I thank you for the words that you've shared and the experiences you've shared. I want to give you the opportunity now to, if people have connected to your love, to your light, to the work that you do, and if they want to go a bit deeper with you, what are some resources? I know you have your book. What are some things that you want to share with my audience that they can dive into?
0: Well, there's a free gift here for people. Uh, it's a, a spiritual holistic healing gift with an excerpt from our new book, "The Loving Power of Your Soul," a holistic EFT video, and other resources for people. So that's a free gift download, and I have a tiny URL, so it's easy to remember: tinyurl.com/spiritual-kit. tinyurl.com/spiritual-kit and I guess since people we're talking about angels and 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 healing, I'll I'll give them a tiny URL for that course, that new course on angels and oracles and EFT with for abundant living. And that's uh tinyurl.com slash abundant living. Uh, and our website is getting through getting thru.org, where people can connect with us getting thru.org. Um uh, and we help people individually. And if any way, and we have a lot of free information because our website's been up for about 20 years and developed a lot of material there, trainings and free things.
1: Love it, Philip. And as always, beautiful podcast listeners, if you didn't get all those things, don't worry. If you click on your show details in the app you're listening to, you'll actually see all those links that Philip provided. So you can go straight to them and go straight from this episode to those websites. So, Philip thank you for sharing those my friend I have one final question here to finish off the the intention of my podcast at large, the cosmic love antenna is to help people connect into that space and place we've been talking about this whole time right the soul for me is a, is a space that is made of love so I'm wondering sir what how do you define that love word personally in your opinion
0: love uh- I like Shakespeare, love is not love that alters when it alterations finds, oh no, it's an ever-fixed mark. So it's a kind of unconditional feeling that even through all the adversity, all the division, there still is this connecting link uh, of unity and oneness and beauty and bliss and truth. And sometimes as we've been talking, all the difficulties actually awaken us to that.
1: I don't think in all the episodes I've done thus far on this on this show, So uh, no one's quoted Shakespeare yet. So that is the, that is a first for me, and I love it, my friend. Thank you for sharing your love with me tonight, your light, your soul. Beautiful podcast listeners out there in the podcast world, thank you for bringing us your hearts, your ears, your energy. Uh, both Philip and I love you very much. We'll catch you next time here on the Cosmic Love Antenna. But until then, have a beautiful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And I will see you very soon.
0: Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Trick